Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. Thanks, me, for that wonderful introduction. Uh, Stunning Steve is back this week with us, so it's going to be me and Stunning Steve going over the news and the main event topic this week, which will be, was Vince Russo really that good, or was he just that lucky? And, uh, yeah, so, welcome back, Steve. What's up? Um... So I don't know if you listened to the podcast or not last week, but we last week we talked about um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's uh, Decade Awards uh, magazine last week. Yeah, um, pretty much they named AJ Styles Wrestler of the Decade, which was duh. Yeah. But second place was John Cena. So nobody was second place. Got it. <laughs> uh, Charlotte was woman of the year or woman of the decade. I'm not surprised. I mean, kind of am. Well, the 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 nominees they had in that was even weirder. Really? It, oh yeah, it was. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, nope, nope. Oh, here it is. Top four, and this is the only this is the only way I can ter- determine it's top four. Um, Charlotte Flair was number one. Becky Lynch. AJ Lee was number three. <laughs> right? She hasn't wrestled in like, what? The last two haven't wrestled in like, what, five years? At least? No, Gail Kim retired in 2019. Huh. Okay, AJ Lee hasn't wrestled in like, what, five years? She didn't wrestle for five years, and she only wrestled on the main roster a total of two. Two or three. Because she was on the female version of NXT when they did the third season of it. And her... Who the hell was her coach? Primo? I feel sorry for her. Yeah, I think it was Primo that was her coach. She turned out that good. She had some natural talent, apparently. Actually, (laughs) she did because I listened to Andrew in her book. Yeah. Uh, New Day was tag team of the decade. Huh? I got one cut out. Uh, New Day was tag team of the decade. Yeah, because they just grabbed her with these tag team titles not too mm-hmm. long ago. That they did. My bad. It was a tie for second place for wrestler of the decade. It was Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Uh, yeah, John Cena is about there more than Goldberg is. Mm-hmm. Or Brock Lesnar. Well, yeah. same thing with most popular wrestler of the decade was a tie between him and Daniel Bryan, John Cena and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I can see that. I can, I, I get that. Yeah. Right, because so all the a... kids want to meet, all the kids want to meet Cena, all the hippies want to meet Daniel Bryan. So I mean. <laughs> But yeah, if yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening to this and you haven't listened to that podcast yet, uh, please listen to it on Spotify. Please follow. Uh, helps us out a lot. And leave reviews. I'm always up for critiques to see if there's anything we can do better. Um, but yeah, Steve, if you get a chance, listen to that uh, podcast because uh, a friend of mine, Damone Allen, he's on uh, Book It and Debatable for T13 Media. 
and uh it was it was pretty interesting it was a good it was a good long talk that's for sure for when we did the yeah. news stories and everything yeah um so first news story of the week we're going to check out is Shawn Michaels reveals which NXT stars will take the brand to the next level. Is Velveteen Dream in the mixer somewhere? We're about to find out. Um, it was on an episode of Backstage. He named three NXT superstars who he sees as talents that will be stepping up to the main event. Um, Wow. These are not the names I thought he would even come close. Really? Holy shit. How We're going go... to go one by one on each name and see what we give of our opinions on them. Cross. Killer Cross. Who? Um, so I, you, have, I, you have not watched Impact. I might have heard of him like once or twice, hence my who. Right. I, out of anybody else he could have picked, I can't wait to hear what the other two are. Uh, Karen Cross is what he is his name in NXT. In Impact, his name was Killer Cross. He had like these red X's, and they did a whole storyline with him. It was it was pretty interesting. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Um, he was Sam. Calloway or Cameron, whatever it was. In Impact, it was Sam. He, he was the creepy guy when he was uh, feuding with Kennedy. Oh, that, that, yeah. He was going after, um, what's her name, Christy Hemme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, I I think he's a really good, I don't like his look right now. It's overalls with blonde. He, he looks like a Hitler youth. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Um, no, but Cross, he's, uh, I didn't really give my opinion on him, but Cross, he is dominant, he is very powerful, and by the looks of what NXT is going by, it looks like his first feud is going to be with Ciampa. Um, and Timothy Thatcher is the last name Michael said. I've heard of that, but yeah, not, not who I was expecting to pick on. Well, I think he's picking the young guns because he's teaching them right now. Like he he doesn't have to teach Velveteen. He doesn't have to teach Adam Cole. Doesn't have to teach Ciampa. Doesn't have to teach Gargano. Doesn't have to teach, you know, uh, like everybody in Undisputed Era does not need to be taught by Shawn Michaels. They okay. can listen to Shawn Michaels, but they don't really need to be taught by him. Yeah, I can't see what's wrong with that. Done now, and. He, oh, interesting. <laughs> he says, and this is still on the backstage episode, he said he also talks about get, trying to give Raquel Diaz and Dakota Kai a push moving forward, comparing them to the modern NXT version of HBK and Diesel. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, is Dakota Kai supposed to be Diesel? No, Dakota Kai is supposed to be HBK. Raquel Diaz is Diesel. So how many times is she going to care for what? Is the answer I want to know. What was the question? I want to know how many times she's going to care for what. Ah, got it. I had to. It was there. 
Oh boy. <laughs> um I don't know. Do you want to talk about the the Velveteen Dream crap that's going on or no? Is it that stupid what the alleged picture yeah. or whatever honestly I can meh. No, okay. That's good cuz I I honestly didn't want to talk about it either. But it is what it is. But speaking of Velveteen Dream, they announced him for Cole, Adam Cole for the NXT title. I think that's where Cole's dropping it. At least before whatever's going on, I think it's going to happen now. So this will be... Okay, this will be for next week. Not tonight, but next week, which is good. Um, drop it. Do you honestly think Cole will drop it to Dream on television? I don't know because we don't know how long this is. This whole no arena, no fan thing's gonna go on for. And he's had it for a while, and they were kind of. I think they're slowly pushing the titles out for Undisputed Air to let other people have them for a bit. Yeah. But, um... I'm just... Uh, so, I, uh... This isn't a sponsor or anything to this week because I only have one sponsor, but Robinhood's an app I use for Stock Exchange. And okay. because of that app, I'm allowed to listen into the WWE Financial Calls. Ah. Yeah, it's nice. It's super weird to hear Vince McMahon as a normal voice, but it is what it is. Huh. Right. Um So, yeah, it <laughs> it's weird cuz apparently the way Vince is thinking, live events will change. Really? Yeah. Like it's not going to be how they used to be. Is what what the call was going by at least. Um, it, this right here, this whole thing has got Vince shook. This right. whole pandemic, and you can hear it in his, in his voice too, when he was talking to everybody, all the shareholders, he, he shook hard. Yeah. Cause I think I heard a thing. I don't know how true it is that WWE basically, if anybody wants to release right now, they're pretty much just going to give it to him at this point. Vince is in a, ah, uh, fuck it. Yeah. That's and, clearly obvious. And again, again, you could hear it's obvious on the, on the financial call because people were asking him about an XFL and when live events were going to start coming back up. And like literally like 10 people asked the same question about, hey, are live events going to come back up? He's like, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't determine when we're going to do that. But, uh, what else? It was, yeah, it's, it's a whole bunch of financial crap. And it it was interesting, though, because it's like he, you get a, you get a peek behind the curtain with Vince McMahon about how he actually acts and everything. Yeah, which not many people know. Right. Like, he is, he is strictly a businessman, and the the worst part is, is that the, all the releases that happened, he called them furloughs. He didn't call them releases, he called them furloughs. Yeah, I heard that with the uh, Bristol thing recently. 
Yeah, like Gerald Briscoe is really like seriously. He's not. Yeah. And again, I think the only reason why they're calling them releases is because they're no longer going to be at the company for a short period of time. Yeah. And they they don't want to call them furloughs because they're all on. They're each in individual contracts. They don't have a contract with you know. Right. Well, I bet you Briscoe does as a, as an employee for WWE, but yeah. it like with all the wrestlers, they're individual contractors. With yeah. individual with individual contractors, you're you're your own boss, technically. But since because Vince McMahon is using that concept or that uh, way of working for contracts on these wrestlers, it's a whole whole deal, yeah. and it sucks. But and again, all those people that did get released, uh, I feel extremely bad in this time that you guys got released and it's a whole whole thing <laughs> yeah but a lot of them are going to make success in AEW Ring of Honor New Japan oh yeah without a doubt some of them they might just not do it again but like the revival they're going to they make a killing in Japan and I heard they want to wrestle in Europe too oh yeah that'd be that'd be good that'd be good stuff Rusev would be great in AEW. The clubs is probably going to go back to Japan. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, a lot of those guys are, are going to be good elsewhere. Right, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, so something to look forward to next week is going to be Cole versus The Dream. Um, honestly, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to make Cole drop it to Dream. Next week, that I get the build, but at the same time, it's like it's on TV. Like you would think that match would be for a takeover. Yeah, but who knows when the actual takeover is going to be? Yeah, again, yeah, you're right there. And Adam Cole has had the belt for a while. I think he's now a he's year. been now rating the NXT champion. Uh, is he? I think actually, I thought I. Somewhere that he is now. I think he beat Finn Balor's record. Really? Yeah, I believe he did. Holy crap. It's one of those, like, I'm 95% positive. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, that's something to look into, I guess. But, uh, um, last thing we're going to talk about is the new WWE 2K Battleground video game that came out. Oh, or is mean, coming uh, out in fun- the fall. You mean Funko Pops that are set on fire? <laughs> or WWE All-Stars 2.0? That's what I was that too. Which, by the way, I love WWE All-Stars. I think that game is amazing. I hope it's like the old school, like WrestleMania, the arcade, when you, you're the Undertaker and you do a tombstone, he pulls out a tombstone and smacks somebody in the head with it. Well, in the trailer, The Rock throws John Cena into a crocodile's mouth. I want to do that every match. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> well, but I think I think they're going with this this route for a couple different things. They're probably WWE's probably sour on 2K from how the last game went, and I'm also thinking they couldn't get a line people in the motion capturing because of what's going on. Well, 
here's the thing. Again, with the financial call, uh, people were asking if 2K21 was in in plans for the fall. Right. And Vince and somebody that was a senior operator of finance or something said, uh, no, uh, that is not in our budget this year. There will not be a release of 2K21. I just wish they'd bring back the old SmackDown versus Raw thing with NXT now basically being the glorified third brand and bring back general manager mode. Make everybody happy. Well, here's the thing. General manager mode is pretty much universal or universal mode. mode now. Yeah. Which I is, just miss the old how they had like the draft picks is what I miss. Right. I well, miss if, that whole system. Right. If you if if we do it right we could do like if if somebody did it right you could do a drafts like a draft with 2K20 cuz obviously 2K20 is going to be the last WWE video, like the legit WWE video game for a couple years yeah so somebody could start right now with a or fuck just make 100 created characters and draft from that pool yeah, true. And then make it so that it looks like and and it goes to the draft board, you know? Yeah. Now here's another question though. Since that's not gonna since we're not gonna have a legitimate new new wrestling game probably until twenty twenty one, with any of the new superstars that they might have already say motion captured, are they gonna put them on like a download download of the pack or have them be a free update? Oh, you got me in a tough spot there, Steve. Um, you know, I just thought of that because you know what I mean. Because I'm sure they probably motion had some people motion captured ready, or they they did it. They just didn't make it in the final cut, right? Or I'm sure you're just gonna have fans making like excellent create a wrestler and download of that. That's probably what's gonna happen. Because if they're putting their eggs in the basket with this and this this new one, they're probably not going to focus on last year's game. Here's the thing: WWE did not. The only thing that WWE sanctioned on was the licensing. Oh wow! Yeah, most of the the um, most of the models that they're using for Battlegrounds are just different uh, edited versions of the ones from 2K20. Ah. So they just took the models that they got from 20 and made them cartoonish, pretty much, for Battlegrounds. So that's why they're able to release it in the fall. Yeah, yeah this Becky Lynch model, yeah, it did kind of look like a scrunched up version of uh, the The 2K20 one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there, there was a whole thing on the 2K20 press conference they were like supercard is great supercard has um supercard and champions has gone up for revenue for the first quarter 235 million dollars yeah where's ron simmons when you need him (laughs) right yeah so think about that both games individually each have um raised their revenue up 235 million dollars each That's insane. Well, Supercard's finally doing a lot 
cool, more cooler things. I mean, I wish they do a couple more different things. Eh. I haven't, I haven't played Supercard in the last three, four weeks. It's been about the same for me. It's just you grind, you grind, you grind, and then not having many new PvP modes. They need right. to add a couple more modes. Just the same, like what three? This different variation of men or women gets stale after a while. Yeah, it's there's war. Oh, you're talking about PvP, Royal yeah. Rumble, war, elimination um, chamber, elimination chamber, and that's it. And that's it. You're right. That's it. It's it's just a variation of Royal Rumble. It's the men or the women. Same thing with the chamber. Yeah, and then the other events, they never go on long enough for anybody that doesn't pay money into the game to really make any progress, or have a bot that just has it picked. Like, do cards for him. Like, I'm right. going to think about doing it in a second. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's like the Road to Glories. They don't last that long. No, the Road to Glories only lasts three days. Three, three that, or four days. It's, the the one that pisses me off the most is the Team for Glory. Team Road for Glory. Because that lasts only a day. But if you have a full 20 roster doing Team for Glory. Then you're okay. Yeah, you should be fine, and you should be able to get the two or three cards that you're able to pick. But it's almost near impossible, even, just to get up to the last card, even, friggin' what is it, um, the, yeah, the regular Road to Glory, if you're not having somebody play it for you when you're not playing it or bit, uh, buying credits with real-life money, there's no way you're gonna get to the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania card. Yeah, WrestleMania uh, 36 cards now. Yeah, I mean, when I was grinding on it, I can probably get maybe the playing card if I was lucky. That's with playing it constantly. Yeah. And without losing, too. Yeah, which is a pain right in the ass. Uh, it really is once you get basically past the first three cards. Yeah, because then after that, it's just like... What the fuck? Actual skill. They actually mess you, mess you up with around your skill or around your deck level. Mm-hmm. Which is all fair and good and f- fine by me. Right, but it's like but... You, don't, you shouldn't need to feel like you need to spend money to make progress. Right. But yeah, so with Battlegrounds coming out, it it's just a ploy at this point for 2K to make money because they always have a yearly game coming out. And they even said for 2K20 in the press release or the press conference that we hear you guys complaining. We hear you guys that you had the ups- that you were upset. There were five title updates for this game that we know that should not have happened. And we apologize for that, so that's why we're taking a year off, and the next game will be the best one we put out. They better hope so, because I guarantee if it's anywhere near the hot pile of garbage, what I heard of 20 was, I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I heard, I think from you, that if you don't get the deluxe edition, it basically is a pile of... For the most part, yeah. Um, for... But if, if it's, it's got to be good enough. If I were to I'd sever ties with 2K, I wouldn't buy another 2K wrestling game. Well, there's that, but I mean, wh- where do they go from there? There aren't there aren't many publishers. Who do they go to? EA? 
EA will oh, fuck them no. over hard. They'll probably charge microtransactions for kicking out. <laughs> you only get you only get three free kickouts a match if you go over that you're screwed. <laughs> three dollars a kickout. What? Fuck this. So John Cena would not be a viable pick anymore. <laughs> so I mean, they they would do something like that, but. I don't know, maybe like Activision, I can maybe see uh, Ubisoft. Would be, I think Activision would be a horrible pick too. Here's the thing, it'd either be EA or 2K, and the reason I say that is because 2K and EA are both specialized in sports simulation. That's true. 2K just signed a deal with the NFL on top of EA signing a deal with the NFL for doing football games. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, 2K signed a 10-year deal with the NFL for football games. Uh-huh. So... I mean, two K's bread and butter is basketball. Without a shadow of a doubt, is it's basketball. Oh, yeah. But you know what? When they when they took over for four, fourteen. What two K? Yeah. Yeah, they had fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, they took the first game they did was two K fourteen, with the Rock on the cover. Or Rocker, I think it was Rocker with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it was Rocker Daniel Bryan that you wanted on the cover. If you wanted to reverse the cover. Yeah. Um, Which I always like games when they do have a reversible cover. It's kind of fun. Right. But they showed, they didn't really show that much promise because all they did was take 13's engine and just put another game out with new characters. Which, fine. You guys had, you guys bought out 13 or bought out the company when it was on WWE 13 and you just rolled with new covers that say 2K on them or Jack's, Jack specific. That's basically, you're right with the 2K games seem to me because I remember 16 and 17 and 18 and, well, I'm 19 and they basically were the same game that's with a new shiny coat of paint. Uh, yeah. They did add new things every now and again with each game that came up but 15 was the building block for 2K. Yeah. 15 was down to bare bones and it was fine because to me at least because then they uh they could build on from there. All they had to do was put in new models and go on from there. That was it. And just add things here and there. I hear some people's favorite though is 19. 19 was great, honestly. I thought 18 and 19 were the two best. They they really were. 17 was okay. 16 was meh. It was a good introduction for a couple new modes, but yeah. Once yeah. they hit, once they got past 17, 18, and 19, they just should have stuck with how that worked and not what happened. Right. And then when 20 was coming out, Ukes decided to just back out of the project halfway through. It shows. Because 2K went with their own engine. They had to go with their own engine. They were using Ukes engine to the power of the game. So when Yuke said, nah, we're going to back out because you guys ain't paying us that much. And then 2K's like, fuck panic mode. <laughs> Pretty much. And this, hap- this happened of March of last year, I think. Yeah, around this time. Either March or April of the last year that they backed out. And they're like, well, we have a game coming out in October, motherfuckers. What are you going to do now? Uh, panic button, George. Right, exactly. It's like, what the hell? So, that was the three news stories of the week. Um, 
We will be going to our sponsorship spot just in a second, and then we will talk about Vince Russo. Was he good? Was he bad? Or was he just lucky? Uh, So this week's sponsor is, of course, Anchor.fm. Without them, I wouldn't be able to be doing this because it's a free uh, podcasting export, pretty much. And here's me with the ad. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools uh that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. The main event general topic. And we're back. So... This week's main event topic is Vince Russo. Good, bad, or just lucky? Um, We're only going to be concentrating on his writing run, his head writing run from 97 to 99 in WWF, or WWE, I should say, and 99, he was only in WCW for one year. Honestly, like I said before, it seemed longer than that. Right, and it's just, what the hell? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so in early 97... Russo became the head writer of Raw's War, as well as the pay-per-views. He had a, I'd say he had a, it was just, he was the head writer, and then under him was like Jim Cornette, and Ross, and Pat Patterson, and Briscoe, and all them. And obviously Vince was at the top. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I can, I can see, in like, he was just put in the right spot at the right time, in my opinion. Yeah, there's those few guys, it's like, yeah. Right spot, right time. Yeah, yeah. I don't really say about that. And it's like he, uh, he just he he put so much out there that Vince was like, okay, we'll take this, 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 and this, and everything else shoved to the side. Vince was the filter for Vince Russo's ideas. Right. So who knows if some of those ideas that Vince said no to? Who knows if they could have led to something great or something that drove WWE or F at the time into the ground. Right, and that was just like, what the hell? Right. Um, the the one thing that I will say positive about Russo from his tenure there is that every every show, every character that was on the show had a storyline. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's what I did like about him. Plus, like even the promos and that didn't seem as scripted. Oh no, back then the promos weren't scripted. I can almost guarantee that those promos were not scripted. He just told. Told him what he wanted done, like bullet points. Yeah, he probably like point A and point the ending of it, film the rest. Right. And also think about this: he was he helped form DX. That's true. He helped write for Kane and Undertaker. Oh, I missed that. Was a good feeling. That w- that is like the primo storytelling, like ever. Like, that was the best storytelling WWE has ever done, period, by far. Number two, Katie Vick. I'm joking, obviously. (laughs) Oh, Katie Vick. (laughs) 
Um, he helped write for the Austin McMahon feud. He helped put that all together. Um, that was an amazing feud. He he helped write the tournament for The Rock in Survivor Series '98 to win the title. Oh wow! Um, and I guess he helped. Uh, he was helping with Mick Foley's three face. Three faces of the Foley push. I, I miss Mick Foley. Yeah, I miss him too. He's he he's um I don't know what he's doing right now. He was on the. Have you watched the big 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 the the Big Show show yet? Oh my god, I binge watched that whole thing. It's great. I thought that was a great show. It's honestly, I can't wait for more. Right. I just now there are some controversial characters that Vince Russo has helped put out there, oh, yeah. including uh, Sable. Val Venus. Yeah, I could see that being one of his creations. The Godfather. Oh my god. I, I, I miss Papa Shango as a hoe. Or as a pimp. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, speak, uh, sidebar real quick. Uh, if you haven't seen the Attitude Era documentary from the WWE Network that they did, um, The Godfather actually goes and talks about before the Godfather came about, they were going to revamp Papa Shango. Oh, I wish they would have done that. They were going to make him darker and more voodoo-y, like, like worse than Ministry Taker was. I wish they would have done that. They even showed um, pilot photos of what he would look like. He looked so badass, especially if he did that in the Attitude Era. Oh, my God, that would have been amazing. Oh, he could have got away with a lot there. Yeah, it's like, I love the Papa Shango gimmick. I love the Godfather gimmick. The good father, we can forget about that. Honestly, I thought that was interesting that they made him, you know, him and Val Venus part of the right to censor. Gimmick was great. Just made, I, I don't know. It was a weird time for WWE. That was 2000. That was 2000, 2001. Right to censor was part of WWE storylines. And the year 2000 was probably one of the best years WWE's ever had. Yeah. Wasn't that the start of the Ruthless Aggression era, kind of? No. Like, no, 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 no. Ruthless Aggression didn't start until McMahon came out to the ring. That was 2002, when he came out to the ring on Raw. Yeah. Um, I mean, his thing, his whole thing about being edgy and controversial and being Crash TV, it, I mean, Jim Cornette goes off on this shit every single time and every chance he gets. I'm about to say, any chance, yeah, you give that man a microphone, he's going to say something. Oh, he hates Vince Russo with a passion. But, it, you know what, it is what it is. It's the fact that, you know, it worked for the time, especially with Vince as a filter. As McMahon, yeah. I'm sorry, pronouns, Paul. Uh, McMahon is a filter for Russo. Yeah. So, it, and you're going to see why it's a good idea, because we're going to go over WCW shit, and that was, that was by far the worst shit ever. Wasn't that the same year David Arquette became world heavyweight champion? I'm not going into that just yet, Steve. Um, but thank you for giving me my pre-ulcer before I have the ulcer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just imagining from family day, I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor. <laughs> but it's just Vince Russo in my head going like that. Just for that part, but we'll get to that. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, I want to talk about the Brawl for All, because I know that's going to be something that everybody's going to want to talk about, and it was brought up in Wrestling with Shadows, or not Wrestling with Shadows, I'm sorry, Dark, Dark Side, Side of, of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling with Shadows was, was the Bret Hart documentary. That was, 
the brawl for all was an interesting thing. That was different. Vince Russo admittedly said that it was made for Bradshaw to shut him the fuck up. Because <laughs> Bradshaw was in the back saying, Oh, I can beat everybody up here. I can die. I'm a tough guy. I can beat everybody up. And gets his ass knocked out in the first round by... Or no, in the semifinals against Bart Gunn. Yeah. Know, was I, it the finals? I think it was the finals. And then Butterbean happened. Well, that's the thing. Brawl for All happened in, um, let me check when the Brawl for All happened real quick. It's been a long time. I don't think it was even in the 2000s. 98 is when it was. Yeah. It ran from June 29th, 98 to August 24th, 98. Yeah, but they didn't last long, it seemed, but it was, it was a thing for, like, the lower mid-carders almost to do, and maybe sprinkling a couple big couple of like super noticeable names. Yeah. It's basically what the twenty four seven title is today. Yeah, well. It's something for like the guys that don't have storylines right now to get them on TV. Right. Um so the Brawl for All bracket went like so. If you guys never watched Dark Side of the Ring, it goes into a whole this um BS. Uh <laughs> Steve Blackman, uh it's says Steve Blackman went over Mark Marrow uh, in the first round. Bradshaw went over Mark Canterbury in the first round. Uh, Savio Vega went over Brackus, of all people. Um, War- Road Warrior Hawk versus Draws. Uh, Bart Gunn versus Bob Holly. Bart Gunn went over. And it doesn't really give a w- winner over Draws and Hawk because I guess it was, I guess it was like a draw. And then, because of Hawk being injured, draws advanced. Yeah, I think I do remember that, actually. Um, Quebecer Pierre versus Steve Williams, Dr. Death Steve Williams. Oh, Which, by the way, the Brawl for All was made, and this was this was also admitted by Jim Ross, that the um, Brawl for All was made for Dr. Death Steve Williams. I haven't heard those names in a hot minute. Right. Uh, Godfather lost to Dan Severn. And then, 8-Ball... Lost to Scorpio. I mean, if you're going to lose to anybody, Dan Severn, I I wouldn't mind, because the man has an amazing background. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's where the brackets get fucked up hard. The second round, it should have been Steve Blackman versus Bradshaw. Due to injury on Blackman's part, Mark Marrow, the guy that he lost, or the guy that lost the Blackman, advanced and faced Bradshaw. Yeah, I kind of remember some nonsensical nonsense besides the fact that we're going to have wrestlers box each other actually happening. Right. Um. Uh. The the next ma- or the next round, second round match after that was, uh, Vega and Draws, and the reason that Draws went in. Uh, okay, so it was a draw. That's what it says here. It was a draw. Um, because, of, I guess, Hawk won from the draw, but because Hawk got injured, draws went in. So it became Vega versus draws, and that was BS. The only one that actually, like, went to the second round legitly was Bart Gunn versus Steve Williams, and this is where Bart Gunn's career changed forever. <laughs> yeah. Because, and this was also admitted, the winner of Brawl for All was going to get a run with Steve Austin. Huh. And this this was all admitted on 
Dark Side of the Ring. So you guys can go watch that episode. It was a great episode. Um, but Bart Gunn left hook Steve Williams and knocks his ass out, which was just... I remember Um Now, the first round, Dan Severn beat The Godfather. Guess who's in the second round? The, the Godfather. Godfather, yeah. <laughs> Godfather's in the second round fighting Scorpio for some stupid-ass reason. Oh, here's the reason. Dan Severn backed out because he had nothing left to prove, he said. Right. Plus, you can't keep a good pimp down. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So God, Godfather oh, got a second chance and beat Scorpio. So now the semifinals is Bradshaw versus Draws. Bradshaw goes over, obviously. And Bart Gunn and the Godfather. Bart Gunn, again with that left hook, hits him right in the face and Godfather goes out cold. Yeah, was that always that left hook? And then the finals was Bradshaw and Bart Gunn. And Bart Gunn did not use the left hook, he used the right hook. Oh, same result. Still He's out. Same result. Now, that final match was on August 24th, 1998. <laughs> that happened in 1998, August 24th. WrestleMania 15 was the next match you'd see Bart Gunn in. About that. He pissed off Vince McMahon so much, yeah. and this is what Butterbean said, and th- I quote, I was there to punish Bart Gunn. Vince McMahon oh, paid yeah. me a quarter of a million dollars to punish Bart Gunn. I can totally get that because I mean, you have got a guy that boxed not professionally, and then he got butter. Just yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You can clearly tell when a guy's getting punished for something he did that he shouldn't have done. Right. And now, here's the thing. The way I look at it is, if you wanted Dr. Death Steve Williams to win, tell them. Tell each individual boxer or wrestler that you wanted Dr. Death to win. I mean, we all know boxing's rigged as it is. It's not as it's not right. as pure as UFC is. Fuck, even UFC could be rigged for some things. But maybe I... He met, not was supposed to get knocked out with that punch and just happened to. Yeah. There always is that stupid lucky chance. You never... You're punching somebody. You never know when... I mean... Oh. But yeah, it was... It was odd. And then, in October of 99, Vince Russo leaves with Ed Ferrara, and they don't even tell Vince McMahon in person. They call him and say... Hey, Vince, we're in Atlanta right now dealing with WCW. Uh, we're not coming back to Raw, and good luck. See you later. Bye. Yeah. That, that, uh, that was a scummy move. It's tell the dude in person. I don't know what happened. He left. Happened between- it, it was bad. He left the week before the No Mercy pay-per-view. Oh. So it was, hey, I'm going to write the first chapter of a murder mystery. You guys finished the whole book. Right. But obviously you could tell that the end of 99 and 2000 was like the best years of WB. Yeah. And people would say, oh, because it was Triple H's time, it was all the... Screw you all. Every last one of you. Triple H just happened to be there. But yet again, right place at the right time. Well, they did the angle... With Austin getting ran over, and then that was a whole year storyline leading into 2000. Yep, he dipped for the rock. Oh my god. So goddamn convoluted. 
And oh god, I remember when that when that happened. Yeah, so Austin's down. So now Rock's main baby face. So they needed a proper main heel, and obviously that's going to be Triple H. Right. Because I don't see the Big Show being, you know, all that good, but being a top heel. Right. That was before he did the on-off switch with being a face. Oh no, this started the on-off switch of being a face or heel. Yeah, I can, yeah. Because, okay, Survivor Series 99, face. Royal Rumble 2000, face. No Way Out 2000, heel. Right. WrestleMania 2000, heel. Backlash 2000, face. <laughs> like, I think there is even an instance that, like, say a pay-per-view, face, and then the next night on Raw he was a heel, and then two weeks from then he was a face. It's like, let's play the, let's spin the wheel. What's Big Show gonna be tonight? Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> or he's back there and he flips the coin. Heads? Ah, Tails looks like I'm being a bad guy tonight. I, it is what it is. I'm, he's in Great actor. He's a funny comedic, comedic actor. Just let him stay doing that. Maybe come back every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Somehow maybe even integrate with a future episode, maybe, of the show. Who knows? Right, exactly. Um, so, Russo signs on October 3rd, 99, with Ed Ferrara, and he contends that his reasoning for leasing, re- leaving the WWE is the result of a dispute with Vince McMahon over the increased workload caused by the introduction of the new SmackDown broadcast and McMahon's disregard for Russo's family. There was probably more to it. There's way more to that story. There's no way. Uh, That was... Because, I mean, that was before they had the amount of guys they do now. Right, exactly. You could just you could just tweak your story just maybe write a couple extra pages maybe. It doesn't even need to be that long, just like a couple points here or there. And it's maybe like an extra couple hours of work, maybe. I don't know how long it actually goes. But at the time when they didn't have a huge roster like they do, if that were to happen now, I can maybe see the point of that. Well, yeah, because you got nine hours of TV right away on USA and Fox total, and then you got all the backstage stuff with FS1. And then the pay-per-views being twice as long as what they used to be. Tell me about it. So, I mean, I can can understand if that that were to happen, like, if the Russo thing happened in today's WWE, Versus then WWE, mm-hmm. like I said, the roster pool wasn't that huge yet. It was big for its time, but it didn't really start to blossom until SmackDown got big. Right. Um. So here's something that I didn't know actually was a thing. Due to the uh, reflective nature of the Crash TV philosophy that Russo had. Obviously, you know about, we all know about the title changes and everything in WCW. About how they were all, you know, you had it for like two weeks, and then 
new guy got it, and then he had it for like three weeks, and then you either gained it back or he beat you, and then one week after that, or the or the Thursday on Thunder, he another guy beats him for the title, and it's like okay, so that was pointless. Right. The world title was basically a twenty four seven slash hardcore title. It could change at any moment, apparently. In the year two thousand alone. It had over 24 title changes, including vacancies. That's ridiculous. And in the year 2000 for WWE, there were three title changes between three guys. Right. Uh, and two of them were it, most of the year. Right. That's, that's like, okay, let's play hot potato with the big shiny gold belt today. Like, in, he, if you ever want to watch something funny, guys, go watch Brian Zane's uh, review of the year 2000 in WCW. He is, that was funnier than shit. Um, but no, because of the, because of the severe overturn of title changes, Jushin Thunder Liger lost and regained the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on Nitro in late 99. It was not recognized by New Japan Pro Wrestling in the title lineage until 2007. Liger lost the title to Juventud Guerrera, a luchador, after being hit over the head with a tequila bottle. Swerves and scenarios treated as shoots were heavily emphasized, and wrestlers supposedly gave unscripted interviews using insider terms that were only recognized by the internet smart marks. Chaotic broadcast became the norm. So think about that. Jushin Thunder Liger, who just recently retired and is a Hall of Fame nominee in the WWE class of 2020, lost and regained the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on Nitro in late 99. What the fuck? Yeah. 99 was odd year. It's like, what happened? Somebody took an extra sketch and just shook it up. Or just something. It was just an odd year. Yeah, this whole... I'm reading this right now. It is... This whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so I guess in 2000 like in the beginning part of 2000 Russo wanted to redo the NWO okay. he wanted it Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett and the Outsiders Hall and Nash huh. Um, but because Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett both said they were injured and couldn't wrestle so they were forced to vacate their respective championships um, he had to alter the plans he had in mind for Hart and the New World or- and the New World Order. Yeah, they wanted to put the title on Tank Abbott. Huh? Yeah, like there was like the the idea apparently, and and by the way, people, I'm reading all this off of Wikipedia, so believe me or not, I don't care. It's the fact that this is all things that I could definitely see Vince Russo fucking doing. There, there's no oh, way nah. I like 
we talked about it earlier. We bring it up again because I don't want to cause an aneurysm. But yeah, yeah exactly. But <laughs> but they wanted to like have a rumble match in which Sid Vicious would be an entry, an early entrant, and would last all the way to the end until Abbott came out and eliminate him with one punch. <laughs> no, I could totally see him doing that. Right, but he's like. I wouldn't have Abbott have the title for a full 24 hours. I'd, you know, I'd make him drop the title the day after. Uh, so. <laughs> I just honestly think he woke up each day and wondered, hmm, what kind of nonsense can I do today, Bray? Right. With, with some of the choices. It's just so weird. Now, and. <sighs> So he left he left originally as head writer because the company wanted him to work in a committee and no longer be sole head writer. Right. So he left. And then Yeah, so this was early February or March it had to be. Sold out March, okay. Sold out would have been in March. So Kevin Sullivan was the immediate replacement, and then they chose Chris Benoit to win the title from Sid Vicious with Arn Anderson as the referee. I mean, I, I like Benoit winning it better than Penny Gabbett because you know Benoit can wrestle, but I, yeah, I well, there's 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 a problem with Chris Benoit winning the title. The day after, he goes to Raw. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> WWE literally has the WCW champion in their grasp. Yeah. <laughs> and just have him come in as an invasion angle. What the hell? I kind of liked it. I, I kind of liked that whole invasion angle they did for it, but it was it was it spiced things up. Yeah, and uh, so do you remember the WCW reboot episode? Was that before they got bought out? It was yeah. There was it was still in WCW before they got bought out. It's when they wanted to restart the company, and all titles were vacated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You just vacate all the titles for no reason. You just like, nope, we're going to hit the reset button. What? What? No. What? I just think WCW was drunk that year. (laughs) It's just one horrible drunk binge the entire time. That's the only explanation for it. Pretty much what the fuck happened. You wake up. It's two. It's year two thousand. You look over. You see the year nineteen ninety nine. I'm going. What the hell did I do? Oh my god! Right. No, I just read something that I didn't even think was even possible. Do I even want? It? Yes, I do. I gotta know. So you know the whole New Blood versus Millionaires Club feud that they had. Yeah. Which was okay, I guess, but the Millionaire's Club was just like eight guys, and the New Blood was the rest of the fucking company. Yeah. And the one between Ric Flair and David Flair, fine, let them have that. Um, 
Vince Russo's feud with Goldberg, that had to be real. There's no way that's scripted. That had to be shoot off the hip. Vince Russo and Goldberg just did not like each other. Oh, I can see that. Because just, it's just the way that they acted towards each other. It was just, ugh. You could tell there was actual hatred for each other. This is where I lose respect for Vince Russo. On May 8th, 2000, he booked Miss Elizabeth in her first and only wrestling match against Daphne. Whoa. Yeah. And guess what happened? Right, first of all, she should have... She lost, if I remember correctly. I honestly don't... I don't remember. I don't even. I don't even remember this being a thing. But that's why I'm like reading this, and I'm like, yeah, I can see him doing this. Oh, so can I. That's what I said. WCW was a confusing year that year. I, I remember some of the some of the nonsensical nonsense, but there was so much of it to keep track. Oh yeah. Well, apparently, shortly after that match, um, she left the company. <laughs> Do you blame her? No, I don't blame her at all. That's... Duh. <laughs> right. Um, now, I don't know if I want to talk about this, because this has been so ran into the ground by everybody else. <sighs> Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah, we can just skip that. Okay, we're just going to... Yeah. Because it's just... it's. It... <sighs> Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. And I'm going to do an abridged version for people who don't, have never watched this part of WCW's history. Bash of the Beach 2000 incident. All day long, Hulk Hogan is being Hulk Hogan. You know, <laughs> Paul taking his way yeah. to the championship. Yeah. Russo's saying, no, let's not do that. Let's let's have Jarrett win. Let's have Jarrett beat you. He's like, no, that doesn't work for me, brother. And uh, okay, so he get he's pissy. So now he's he's trying to figure out how to get Booker because everybody wants Booker T to win the championship. Okay, cool. So we'll right. have a young gun win the title. Good. And. For one reason or another, Russo decides to go, hey, how about we do this? How about we have you, we'll have Jarrett lay down for the belt. You win the belt. You walk off in a huff. And then we'll have we'll have a tournament to crown a new champion. And then when the new champion is crowned, you come out and then we'll say, uh-uh-uh, oh, 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 I'm the champ, not you. Then the whole thing happens. Vince Russo comes back out, does what I believe is a shoot promo. There's no way that was scripted. There's no way that Vince Russo had the right frame of mind to go, hey, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to talk shit about you, bro. Yeah, right. And then it, it turned into a whole thing. He publicly fired Hulk Hogan on on pay per view, and 
then the whole thing with Booker T happened. He won the title. And the last image of, which is so weird, and it was so cool that this was pointed out to me. The last image of Halloween, ha- or of Bash at the Beach 2000, of Hulk Hogan was him walking out with the title when Vampiro was walking back to the ring during his Buried Alive match, or his Bone Graveyard match, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, that's the last time we'll ever see Hulk Hogan. At least in WCW. Yeah. It's it, it it's so stupid. Yeah. In so, in the thing was is that Vince Russo had did so many stupid did so much stupid shit in WCW that I don't know if people can defend or not. Judy Bagwell in a pole match. It oh my god! Mind. Oh my god! It was so horrible. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> or Viagra on a pole match. Or, um... It, so anything on a pole match, pretty much. Yeah. Or a, a, but, a wedding gown uh, match. Anything he did good previously in his career got eclipsed by that year. Oh, without a doubt. That's, that's what sours no, I, the thing is, though, I do get what he was trying to accomplish. I do get the whole Crash TV, like, I want eyes on the product. I get it, but at the same time, maybe thought about just a bit more smarter. Right, and then when he actually did try to do storylines, I I... he, he had Time Warner breathing down his neck saying, we want all your shit three months in advance. What? Wait, who can... Who can plan out three months in advance? You can't account for it. You can't plan out, okay, this is going to go three months, but at month and a half, two months of the rivalry, wrestler A gets injured. Yeah, like you can't, you can't call that shit. Yeah, you can't predict if injuries are going to happen, illness, death in the family. You can't predict that. There is no way to. Yeah, and... Now, the, what what Steve brought up earlier was the whole David Arquette situation. David Arquette is a legit wrestling fan. I will give him that. Oh, that that we knew because of the movie. I think they filmed with the movie that they filmed with him, and we knew he was a big wrestling fan. Right. Uh, the movie was Ready to Rumble, and it got to yep. number two in the box office. Good for them. Great. Um. It did not need David Arquette as champion for three weeks. Yeah, no. And then to bring out the Triple Cage of Doom, which was just like... From the action. Right. They did it just because of the movie. Yeah, it was a movie tie-in. That's all it was. And they brought it out one other time for Canyon to do a Mick Foley tribute. Um... (laughs) So the match that was set, it was David Arquette versus DDP versus Jeff Jarrett inside this damn thing. It's the whole match is the first one to get to the top of the cage holds the belt. Or actually, we, let's talk about how David Arquette wins the match or won the title. It was on an episode of Thunder. Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff versus David Arquette and DDP. With the stipulation of the match, the world title's on the line, and anybody who pins anybody becomes the champion. 
right. You wouldn't specify that rule if it wasn't going to play into the finish of the fucking match. Right, that's just dang over Yeah. Like, we're going to tell you this, but I'd have been more shocked if, you know, nothing odd happened. So, it became a glorified two-on-one handicap match between Eric Bischoff yeah. and... Uh, Jeff Jarrett versus DDP because they took out David Arquette earlier in the match. Oh, and the kick it and kick it even more in the balls is that DDP's wife Kimberly is a special guest referee and she's working for Bischoff and Jarrett. Of course, yeah. it's all coming back to me. The aneurysm starting. Yeah. Um, right at the finish of the match, Kimberly goes down. Another ref comes in. Arquette comes down mm-hmm. the ramp too. Spears Eric Bischoff, the worst spear I've ever seen in my life. The next saying something because it's been some pretty bad yeah. ones. And uh, Jared got the stroke on DDP, but the ref sees Arquette pinning Eric Bischoff instead of Jared pinning DDP. So Jared thinks he won, and then they give the title to Arquette, and then DDP is just like. Awesome, you won the championship. You were the champion, you dipshit. How do you not get mad that your friend won the title off of you that you didn't lose? Right. Like, just the whole... uh, Just the whole psychology of the match was bullshit. And, uh... But, yeah, so... It is what it is. And... So, back to the Triple Cage of Doom... The rules of the match are simple. You start at the bottom of the cage in the ring. Then you have to take a ladder up to the second floor. And then you have to take... Then you have to climb the second floor cage to the top floor. And hang the belt up. Yeah. Okay. That does sound like a ladder match. Reverse ladder match with extra steps. It's just... What the fuck? Um... It's a whole lot of nonsense wrapped in a tin can. <laughs> it was a whole... They they brought this match back two other times. And the second the, the second time is when he won the world title. Vince Russo, I'm saying, won the world title. Yeah. But, um... It's just... Okay, so Arquette helps Jarrett win the title after smashing a guitar in his friend's face. What? Yeah, like I said, WCW was going through a drunken phase. Drunken phase. At this point, they were puking everything up after they got sober. Yeah. And then Booker T beats... (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this. Booker T beats Jeff Jarrett in a San Francisco 49ers match. I forgot about that. That was another Vince Russo idea. Oh, that does not surprise me, though. Do you remember what the 49er match was? God, no. Four boxes on posts. The boxes were cheap. Um, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as the match got started, when one person got whipped into a corner, a box fell and broke. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, it was bad. One box contained a picture of Scott Hall another box contained I think a football helmet 
I don't remember what the third box contained, but the the last box was the world title. Wow. Yeah. And whoever got the world title box became the champion. I think some things in my brain for wrestling, they just tried to block it out. I think that was one of them. Steve, I haven't been able to block this out in 25 years. (laughs) I, I totally forgot about it. I really did. Um, and when Booker T grabbed the box, the belt came out from underneath the box. And the belt fell to the ground. So Booker T jumps down off the corner, gets through the ropes, goes to the ground, and goes back to the corner and holds the title up to win. And then Booker T lost that title two weeks later in a caged heat match, which is also the triple cage match, to Vince fucking Russo. That's what you call after getting off the wagon, hopping back on the wagon so fast. Just to get off the wagon again so fast. Right. And the worst part was is that he didn't even hold the title for a long time. He held the title for all of three days because then he relinquished it on Thunder. And then a whole nother BS happened with Booker T yeah. winning the title. Or Kevin Nash. or Rick. I don't remember who won after Vince Russo because at that point it's just like my brain is so fogged I just don't care. Yeah, at that point I just I didn't care anymore. Yeah. And Russo's contract was shortly bought out by Time Warner after the buyout. Now, here's where things get interesting, and I don't know how true this is. Again, Wikipedia, folks. Right. A short return in the mid-2000s, to 2002 to WWE. I thought I heard something about that, but I don't think it was a short run if it actually happened. He returned... In mid-2002, but quickly left after saying that there was no way in the world that this is going to work out. The major storyline idea he proposed was an entire restart of the WCW invasion. Oh, God. But this time, featuring people like Goldberg, Steiner, Bischoff, and Bret Hart. Hmm. Feeling disrespected by a phone call with Stephanie McMahon, Russo then left on his own accord, turning down a $125,000 per year stay-at-home advisory role in WWE. Right. Give me 120 grand to stay at home. To stay at home, play with my dick, play with my kids, play with my family. Okay. Not all at the same time. No, not in that exact order either. Um, (laughs) Right. But it's like, yeah, sure. I'll sit with I'll sit at home with my dick in my hand for one hundred twenty five thousand. I'm I'm okay with that. Just call me up and say when you need advice. Right. But instead, he a job a job I can do in my underwear on the lazy boy. Yeah, exactly. But instead, he took a a hundred thousand dollar per year full time position with TNA. And that's. That's a whole other can of worms that I don't even want to get into. 
because that's yeah. eight years of controversy and bullshit that I don't even want to attempt. Yeah, since the can of worms, I don't feel like diving into. <sighs> now, in retrospect, I understand what Vince Russo was always trying to do. Crash TV. Yeah. And you know what? Right. It worked for a certain amount of time. Right. Because after like 2002, you saw Springer's numbers drop. You saw Maury's numbers drop. You saw a whole bunch of different... Jack- right, Jackass wasn't as popular. Yeah, like Jackass began to dip down. Bam Margera was starting to dip down. Like a whole bunch of like that aggressive style of TV was starting to leave the airwaves. Yeah. Right. So to me, I understand what Vince Russo was doing. Right. If if he was in full control of WCW, I honestly think things would have worked out for the better if it was full control, but Time Warner wasn't involved. But we'll never know. But we would, honestly, we would never know that we don't have 2020 vision. But my opinion, it, if he had full reign, he could continue on with everything that he was doing if Time Warner never got involved. Because Time Warner lumped WCW with like a bunch of other companies and put it in their other category for like accounting. So all this money, like, it wasn't its own separate company. It was, like, it was just part of a budget thing for Time Warner. And Time Warner saw it as a money waster and got that out of there. Right. I mean, the stuff in WWF with, with Vince as a filter. McMahon, with McMahon as a filter. Right. Gen- he, he's a genius. Stuff on his own with Time Warner breathing down his back, trying to get shit done. Right. Obviously, a lot of fuck ups. Yes, I understand. And then him trying to work with Eric Bischoff in the later of two thousand. Yes. It uh, the whole thing was just it. The whole year of two thousand for Vince Russo just sucked. Yeah. And I hate to say that. But, uh, yeah, so, with that being said, we are done with the Vince Russo main event. And we're going to end the night with playing F. Mary Kill with Steve, because he wasn't here last week. Oh, I don't know how I want to do this. Okay, I got it. You have to F. Mary Kill, either the Kiss Demon... Alex Wright or Val Venus? Well, it's easy. Kill Val Venus, marry Alex Wright, and fuck Gene Simmons. No, not Gene Simmons. The Kiss Demon. There was, uh, it was his name was. Oh, what was it? Oh, okay, I remember who you talked about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'd still keep my answer the same way. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so, next week, the main event topic, um, I don't know, is is Money in the Bank soon? May 10th. 
May 10th. What's next week's date? I know the 5th is Tuesday. I believe. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to suck because I wanted to do something else, but that's what we'll do then. Next week is the Money in the Bank predictions show. And by the looks of it, there's not a whole hell of a lot on the card. There's still a week before the pay-per-view. Watch, there's going to be like four matches announced on a wall and another 20 on SmackDown. (laughs) So. (laughs) Okay, well. With that, guys, it was good talking. Talk to you guys next week.